Hello and welcome to episode number 394 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is January 28th, 2024. I'm Rollo McFlugel and with me is my co-host Slappy Jones. Show notes page for this episode will be mcflugel.com slash 394. If you are keeping track of the dates, we are recording a day early. And also, this is going to be Get On Zero episode number... 37 we're gonna hit you in with another one of them because why not yeah well i mean we got uh someone poked the sleeping bear on twitter the other day so i think we should talk about it and talk about some stuff because i don't think that We, so we have a, a Get On Zero DM group on Twitter. A bunch of us that are in it kind of ebbs and flows with, with how much is going on in there. But we were kind of talking a little bit this morning. And uh, I'm wondering, like, Get On Zero and everything about going on the Bitcoin standard. In my head for... A while I had it that it was we would be marketing it to Bitcoiners to get them to that next step. Um, but the way over the last what two and a quarter years or so since we've been doing it, I'm not sure that's really what we ought to be doing. Um, I almost feel like our target audience is not so much like established Bitcoiners, but people that are just searching for better answers than the dollar. Whether or not they're Bitcoiners or people who really aren't Bitcoiners at this point. Um, I think that might be the play. Um, and I'm saying this mostly because, and we and we've we've had this as a theme for a long time, whether it's libertarians or bitcoiners. Uh, a frustration that we've had is that a lot of bitcoiners don't know what they're talking about. A lot of libertarians don't know what they're talking about. That's why we've seen like these uh, transitions of from libert from people being libertarians. And and for as long as we've been doing McFlugel stuff, I mean, we've been talking about this, like our buddy. Uh, it's funny. We, we hadn't talked about him for like years, and now he keeps coming up. But uh, Edwin Linger, yeah. who was a former libertarian, then he became like just basically a Democrat. And then a bunch of years ago, we had all those uh, the Bordertarians, if you will, Um just become Republicans, basically. And then we're seeing this trend again, the post-libertarians and, and the people like that. They're basically just Republicans now. Um, I think by the time this next presidential election cycles over, they're going to be basically Republicans. Um, it's just what happens. People, 
I guess people go into libertarianism or, or, or whatever, and they get really excited and they think that like, oh, this strategy is going to have these immediate results or something. And when they don't see them the way they do, they get frustrated and they see, you know, the chance at winning an election and seeing that as progress, even though <laughs> it's, it's the opposite of progress. Uh, because the political system, as we all know, is just it's just a, a machine that's that's not there for you and me. It's for the elites. Um, and so I don't think these people ever actually like really intellectually got it. And so that's why they're so easily led astray with stuff. And I don't think there's that much different with Bitcoin. I think these people just kind of. I don't know. They, um, they, they, they don't like the way the world is and and they see Bitcoin as kind of these, uh, you know, rebels and everything and, and fucking the system. And that's, that's all well and good and everything. Um, and then they just kind of grab onto the memes and memes are good. I don't want to, say memes are bad or anything, but they latch onto the memes and that's all they really ever grok. And so when you say stuff like, you know, not your keys, not your coins, you know, any situation where there might be some custody of Bitcoin somewhere, even if it's just a small amount of what you own and, you know, it's really no different, no worse than having a checking account where these people are holding money. Uh, it's probably better than that. They just freak out. Um, or, you know, discussion of, you know, same goes for discussion of liars and stuff. And Grum is just chewing on the corners of laptops up here. I was sitting at this desk for six hours today. Just staring at the wall? No, doing some work. Oh, you were and, preparing um, for the show for that long. Yeah, on, Rallo. And you know we never prepared six hours I know. today. Yeah, and Grum did not. I don't even think he came into the room. I come in here now to podcast, and he immediately jumps up on the desk. You should be thankful that Grum lets you in that house at all. That's true. And he now he's standing here, sniffing the mouse. Just kind of, kind of looking at me. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I'm talking. He thinks it must be that I'm talking to him. But uh, it, he's throwing me off. But uh, I think what I was saying was, there's just a lot of Bitcoiners that don't really seem to grasp anything below the surface. And so you get just like when they're presented with nuance and different ways to think about something or challenging anything they thought, they just act like a robot that got water poured on them and just kind of apply whatever meme they know in just weird and goofy ways because they're not actually able to think. Um, And I had something else that I wanted to. Oh, that's right. 
do you have anything to say about that specifically right now? Because I want to take us. I can off. just can continue, continue. Okay. I want to take us off topic because I mentioned like the Bordertarians or everything. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there now saying stuff like, oh, what's, what's the next PSYOP going to be? What are they going to do that like is the big distraction? And these same people are the ones that are like freaking out about the border thing in Texas right now. It's like, that's the PSYOP. That's the thing that they're making you freak out about that doesn't actually affect your life. Um, I've like argued with some people on Twitter here and there about it. Um, not so much because I care about what's going on down there, but more because they're like trying to argue libertarian principles and then, and then saying that the state should not let people be free to move around um, within the, the parameters of what private property owners would describe. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what annoys me. Um, but it's just funny. Uh, it, it, it's, it's like the borders are specifically this border situation is COVID for right wingers. They are just eating it up hook, line, and sinker. And people might say, well, Rollo, there are a lot of people moving across the borders in Texas. I'm like, okay, maybe. Um, And I'm not even going to say that it's not something for Texans to care about or people that live down there to care about. I'm sure they do. If it were, you know, if there were something happening near where I live, maybe I would care about it. But I don't live anywhere near Texas. I like Texas. I like going down there, but it's a little like, hot and the people are kind of weird. Yeah. But um yeah, otherwise like I just I don't care. <laughs> like I don't and, care. And it, so I, I mean, I haven't really been following closely. I know kind of what's happening. I guess the Supreme Court said something, and federal government was doing something, and Texas wanted to, I guess, put up barbed wire or defend that border, and the federal government was taking it down, maybe. And then the Supreme Court said the federal government can keep doing what it wants to do, and governor of Texas said we're going to keep doing what we're doing and not listening. Is that, does that sound correct? I think so. So, I mean, I guess, for, so, I, I don't know what you meant by, like, not caring about illegal immigration, because I agree. I, it just doesn't, I, I do think Texans could deal with it or worry about it, or maybe they have a stronger, but, like, but it doesn't affect me, um, at least right. not if, directly. That's what um, I'm saying. If, if we had an issue in Pennsylvania, I wouldn't want Texans. Deciding what we should like, do. Right. Yeah. But that being said. Um, and I don't know what you mean by what they're caring about, but that – and I, I didn't see what happened this weekend or on Friday, I guess. Um, but that sounds like it could be a big deal that the governor is saying we're not going to listen to the federal government. Maybe it's not. Maybe they're just like, yeah, okay, do whatever. I don't care. Uh, no, I mean, I think that's a good thing. And I think it's showing, I mean, overall, I, I think agree, that, I, I, think that this, I think the federal government's losing power. And even though I might disagree with the state of Texas, um, uh, you know, putting 
determining uh, your rights based on where you stand on the imaginary line is not um, is not a good thing. I think it's also a good thing that the federal government's being told to go pound sand. Yeah, I think it's good that like that respect for federal government is not there. Right. Uh, that being said, I, I don't know where they go from this. It's I don't think it's going to start a civil war. I don't think there's going to be any violence, but I don't know what happens. What if they well, just snowballs? I don't know. Well, it's funny because so many people, like including you know a lot of right wing or libertarian types otherwise are calling for the federal government to go down and secure the border. Like, I don't know what they, if you are a person who believes in small government to no government, why in the world, what do you think that the federal government's going to do? I saw like Joe Biden had this thing where like a, announcement where they were going to go and say they're going to secure the border and how they're going to, you know, in, t- in times of crisis, seal off the border or something, or I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, they're going to be the ones to determine who gets in and who gets out. And then they're going to hire a bunch of people to manage that. So a lot more federal agents running around. So it's like <laughs> all, all this stuff, like, you can have your little theory about how, you know, in 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 your own little mind, how the how the government could manage this and it's going to all work out well. But if you want the federal government to get involved with stuff, it's just <laughs> they're just going to grow. They're just going to get bigger. They're not going to do it with the resources they currently have. They're going to grow departments. They're going to use up more resources. They're going to make life more terrible for everybody. Um. And the other thing too is it like okay you want the you want the government to really manage the border tightly well the 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 border goes both ways uh if you're so worried about how terrible and neurotic the government's becoming, you probably don't want the border to be totally sealed off because then you don't have an exit a physical exit there so um i guess i mean there's some interesting things going on like the you know standoff between a state and the federal government and if and if the federal government starts losing power that's that's a good thing um i i don't even think i don't think that Again, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I don't think this is going to escalate into anything. I just think it's funny and good, as you're saying, that they're just going to ignore the federal government. And hopefully more states do that. Wait, did the Niners just tie the game? Yes. Holy smokes. Detroit fumbled. Sorry, I got a text from my friend who's a Niners fan. Um, so Jared Goff is, is he turning into Jared Goof? Yes, so. Hmm. Anyway. 
Sorry, I, I interrupted you, and now I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know either. No, I just wanted to say that about that because, I mean, we have a lot of uh, literature that we've that we've put together on on immigration and stuff, and I think we've remained pretty consistent over the years on it. Um, and it's just always funny to me that so many people libertarian specifically just struggle so hard to be consistent about it as if we have any ability to dictate or determine what goes on there anyway to me it's just a, a silly thing to compromise your convictions on but anyway so we had um we had a Bitcoiner kind of poke the bear on uh, on get on zero because he came up with a way to uh, he mathematically explained yes the, the retardation the yeah the quote retardation of those promoting the Bitcoin circular economy and how how it's guaranteed to net you with less Bitcoin than merely saving in it. Should we just read through it? Sure. All right. So let's go. By the way, that was that was pretty much a quote of the first tweet. That was a quote of the first two tweets. So let's start on the second tweet. For the sake of easy numbers, we're going to assume you can earn and spend what you make in the same period and that Bitcoin is equally volatile during those periods, alternating between getting paid when Bitcoin is up 10% and down 10% and same with expenses. We're also going to pretend for the sake of easy numbers, math, that at the start of this experiment, one Bitcoin equals $100. Pay period number one, you earned $100 in Bitcoin, AKA you have one Bitcoin. Next two weeks, Bitcoin has appreciated 10% and you will have $100 of expenses. You have 0 0.09090909 savings. You get paid this week whilst Bitcoin is up in price, but you only get $100 paycheck. So your paycheck is 0 0.9090909090 plus your previous savings of 0 0.09090909 equals 0.9999999. Already seeming like we're losing a Satoshi each pay period. And then there's a gif of a smiley face with his hand on his chin, seemingly thinking. Now we have a down week where Bitcoin has lost 10% of its value and one Bitcoin is only worth $99. $110 times 0.9 equals 99. You have $100 of expenses, but you only have 99.9999901 dollars in Bitcoin. You're now in debt. Congrats. Moral of the story is when there's a smaller market cap money like Bitcoin, even if it appreciates over the longer term, it's inherently more volatile because it is less liquid. Don't be a moron and use it as a medium of exchange 
unless you want less of it long term. Tag your favorite get on zero loser who promoted this expletive at the top of the market two years ago and be sure to mock them for their stupidity. So Slappy, I guess we got to take our medicine yeah. and be mocked for our stupidity mm-hmm. um, because we just, we obviously have just lost just so much money. Less less Bitcoin today than we did two years ago. Yeah. So like the first thing about this is that Like when we started, and we talk about this all the time, but when we started Get On Zero, it was October, November of 2021 at the all-time high of Bitcoin at like $65,000, $66,000. And the price did nothing but drop for the next like two years or year and a half, whatever it was. And we were saying at the time, like, this is perfect because... Any stupid idea in Bitcoin works when the price is going up. Uh, during For those that are, have not been in bull runs before, just wait for the bull run to really hit because people will have all of these products and services and schemes to get you more Bitcoin. And it's going to show like it's working because the price of Bitcoin is just going up. So you don't actually have to do anything. All you have to do is hold on to Bitcoin and pretend you're doing all this stuff and you're going to be able to pay out returns in dollars because just by the nature of holding Bitcoin, you know, it, it works. These ideas really get battle tested when the price is going down. And if you survive a downturn, um, really aggressive downturn too, then, then there should be some credence. So, I mean, Bitcoin dropped by a factor of like four. It went yeah, from like sixty-five thousand like fifteen. Yeah, fifteen or sixteen thousand dollars in that range. And if you really want to, you know, ask, if you want to find out whether you know this kind of thing was a good idea or not, that trying to use Bitcoin as your money uh, is <laughs> is a good thing to just ask all the people on got on zero. And during the entire time, everyone's been like, no, this, this was the best thing for me to do. This worked. I would do it again. This was great. Uh, I feel like I have more Bitcoin than I would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like you have, you can, you can point to anybody that was like, oh, I did the get on zero thing and it was terrible and I stopped doing it. I, I'm sure there might be some people out there that did that, that stopped doing it, but I'm not aware of anybody that came back and said, you know I what? I haven't heard of anyone. Yeah. You would think that if this was such a bad idea. There'd be like a couple holdouts who are like, no, no, I swear it's good. And everyone would be saying this. Well, day. no, th- th- there would be people. Or just somebody. Yeah. A few people out there that would be like, you know what? Yeah, this was a bad idea. I shouldn't have done that. Um, and I know that people are going to be so we're just all deluded. 
not everyone's going to be diluted. Um, and so, I mean, I, re <laughs> I really think that lends some credibility to the strategy. And not that there's like a, a billion of us out there, but there, I think there's more people than we give credit for. There's a lot of people that I've like just on Twitter that just kind of out of nowhere when someone be like, talk about having dry powder or something or, you know, buying the dip, they'll be like, buy the dip. I don't have any fiat to buy the dip with. Um, so that's good. So e even before like trying to sit down and do some math, just, just acknowledging the actual situation and, and the only people that are being critical of get on zero are the ones that aren't doing it and then go uh, on to say really stupid stuff about it. And yeah, that, that, that was a thing we talked about a little bit too through text is like, if you're a Bitcoiner and you just are saving in Bitcoin, why would you be upset or be like, or say, this is a retarded strategy to use Bitcoin for everything you do? Why would you do that? Right. You would think it would be like, oh, wow, right. that guy's I'm not doing it, but this is like great that you guys are doing it. I, I don't right. know why. I don't understand that mentality. And I can only imagine it's what you were just saying that it's someone who maybe heard of it um and they are the bitcoin guy in their circle and they said it was a bad idea maybe they didn't look into it maybe they didn't understand it maybe they just thought it was a bad idea and so seeing it still working two years later when they said it wasn't going to work yet hurts their feelings or something i don't know like does he have to be the bitcoin genius guy and just save in Bitcoin, which I don't think is a bit like I, I think that's a okay, go ahead and save your money and like that's fantastic. That's wonderful. I, I don't know I I don't get why you would come at get on zero people and say it's a retarded strategy or something. Doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I think it's just an emotional thing and it has to be that some people, because they say the right memes and like in their circles, they're the Bitcoin guy, and the most bullish one that they can't have someone that's even more bullish than them that they would start using Bitcoin as their money now. I, I think they or it's been, been telling people it's not money yet. You have to save. It's not money yet. You have to save. And then someone comes and and they say, well, I found this get on zero. They're, they're using it in money. So you have to say, no, 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 no. Those guys are stupid. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand why you need to. Not that, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Get On Zero really caught a whole lot of heat two years ago. Seemed to die off for a while. Um, this isn't that I can't handle criticism. It's just weird. Well, part of it is it's like I'm disappointed that our criticism is just so terrible. <laughs> Yeah, that too. Want better opponents. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's 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 just bizarre. I don't really know. I struggle to try to figure out, you know, what's motivating these people, but I think it's just they don't really. I don't think that they understand Bitcoin as well as they think they do. 
and I think that they in their heads are the most bullish people or whatever, and they have the keys. And so they see something and, and, and they're just not smart enough to be able to think through this stuff. So if it's not, it doesn't fit nicely into the meme, uh, version of their understanding of Bitcoin, then they just reject it. Um, It's just, I, I I don't think it's that different than what we were talking earlier about with the, the people that are such hawks on the border. But they just, they're not able to think through the nuance of, of like what actual, you know, private property uh, being the, uh, the end all be all of how we organize society looks. Um, even though the outcome that they're asking for is obviously going to be way worse than if you just let markets, you know, decide where people end up going. Uh, but anyway, um, I engaged with this cause it was kind of stupid and I was just like, well, hold on a second in your model. You say that, all right, you earn a hundred dollars and then each period your expenses are a hundred dollars. And so no matter what your Bitcoin, like you're, you're saying that, Oh, your Bitcoin strategy, if you are on zero for this, you're not netting any Bitcoin, but you're not netting any money anyway. (laughs) Like if the alternative, because, because when you're, when you're running these models and you're trying to figure something out, you, I think, I would think the point is you're trying to figure out what's better. You're doing this because you're trying to compare and contrast. And so if you're not, if you're a Bitcoin or not on zero, you're conceivably saving some amount of, uh, of your wealth in Bitcoin. And maybe you are, um, you know, you, you have all your, you have your fiat expenses and you get paid and you want to make sure that you can pay off all of your fiat expenses. And then as much as you can, um, put your savings into Bitcoin. I think that's a reasonable strategy of what a lot of Bitcoiners do. They want to have some amount of their savings probably you know, hopefully if you're a Bitcoiner who believes that Bitcoin's going to become money, you're more towards the end of most, if not all of your savings are in Bitcoin. Um, and so for someone who hasn't really thought through about the strategy of get on zero and, and all that kind of stuff, I could see them being like, well, I got to keep a, I got to keep a balance in my checking account. I don't want to sell Bitcoin. Cause that's the other thing. I think there's a lot of people out there that, um, there's the meme of I'm never selling and they just like, that became just like dogma to them yeah. that selling your Bitcoin, no matter the circumstance, is sinful, it's bad, it's terrible, and you shouldn't do it. Um, and so when you're just like, well, no, I'm not like, okay, I'm not selling my savings. 
I'm not getting out of Bitcoin. I just, all of my money's in Bitcoin. So for me to be able to do anything, I have to sell Bitcoin because I just don't have any fiat. They can't comprehend that. And it's weird to me. Um, but anyway, so, you know, these things are, these models, these thought experiments, they're only useful if you, you know, are comparing it to something. And so if you're comparing it to a strategy where you're going to take your excess fiat, um, your savings and convert it into Bitcoin, then this strat, then, then this whole scenario, you, you just simply don't have savings. So not being able to have any Bitcoin here by being on zero. Okay. Like, but you're not doing any better any other way. Um, so it's just kind of really kind of silly. And it was funny because when I started engaging with him, it was like the, it was so poorly set up and confusing that I had a hard time understanding what he was actually trying to say. Uh, but anyway, the other thing I noticed about this is that in his model, I, I don't know if he thinks that when he says it goes up 10% and then drops 10% and it goes up 10% and drops 10% that overall the price of Bitcoin's trending down. If you run this into perpetuity, the price of Bitcoin is going to zero, basically. Because of, because it's, you know, it, it's still, it, it will never hit zero technically, but it's asymptotically approaching zero. Um, and I know he's saying that like, oh, well, it's, it's, I'm talking about in times of, of when the price isn't hitting these like crazy bull, bull cycles. Um, this is kind of what the price is doing. Okay. Um, but it's just it's just goofy because if you heard any of us, anyone on Get On Zero, what's the thing we say all the time about like your monthly income and expenses? Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, I have a positive cash flow. Exactly. Like if you are running a negative cash flow consistently, you Fair need enough. to you need to not do that anymore. You need to figure out a way to either spend less or earn more or a little bit of both. Uh, if you can't save at all, uh, you know even Bitcoin's not this magic bullet that's going to save you. Um. And it could, yeah, it could be dangerous if you have no savings at all, and you're, um, and you earn less than you have to spend each month, or that you are spending each month. Yeah, if Bitcoin drops in price, then consistently, then yeah, you you, you might end up in, in in a difficult spot. But if you're staying in fiat, you're also going to be in a difficult spot. So it's not. Doesn't yeah, you're really, just in a bad spot. You just got to earn more money or spend less money. One or the other. Yeah. 
Um, so the other thing about this is that he hasn't like the missing Satoshi he mentioned or losing a Satoshi each pay period. It's because he doesn't know how to round. Um, sorry, I just got a text from a Niners friend said pretty bloody. I don't know what that means. I stopped watching. Sorry to pay attention uh, to the podcast. Yeah, sorry. Well, the Niners are up 27 to 24. I don't want to have to root for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I, I'm not rooting for the Chiefs. I'll root for the Niners. I, I can't no, take. I I don't want. I like Fat Andy. Otherwise, if Fat Andy wasn't I like still Fat the coach. Andy. But he's I already won the Super Bowls. I don't need him to win anymore. I'm tired That's of Taylor fine. Swift. Um, but yeah, when he, when he says his, uh, when he, when he calculate calculates, uh, how many, uh, how much Bitcoin you have in savings, that point zero nine. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the page. Yeah. One of the point nine, oh, nine, oh, nine, oh, nine, uh, instead of rounding, Point nine Satoshi to one Satoshi, he just drops it. That's not how you do rounding. And that's where the the Satoshi disappears too. Um so, so much for like for doing math. And then I like I checked it. I went on Cash App and and made sure that you know that's just doing a floor function wasn't the way that Cash App did it, but I did it. And, you know, my last time I got paid in Bitcoin and they did the conversion, it was like 4.8 Satoshis was the uh, the single digits. And they rounded it up to, what did I say, 4.8? Yeah. They rounded it up to five. So, mm. At least Cash App is an exchange that that <laughs> does it the way I do. Right. Um, but anyway, I ran the numbers on this. I, I actually put it to a uh, into a spreadsheet and did these calculations. And I said, okay, first period, you get $100. You convert it to Bitcoin. You get one Bitcoin. Price goes up. And... Uh, you have to spend your hundred dollars. You get that savings, and then the price is still up. You get paid again. So you get that, and then the price goes down ten percent, and you get paid. So what's that amount? And your your accumulation of Bitcoin, and all that that model does is that, like every other every other paycheck, you have one Bitcoin, and then you go into a little bit of debt when the price does its thing, and then you're net positive and you go down so like you're just like kind of fluctuating around but you always end up back up at one bitcoin at some point until you have to pay an expense and so it's and it's all approaching like the fluct i don't know if it's difficult to explain um but your your fluctuation is uh 
of how much Bitcoin you have is just kind of like going towards half a Bitcoin. It's just the way the math works out. And so I don't know what this is trying to prove other than like if you don't have savings, you're not going to accumulate any money. It's like, congrats. We all kind of knew that already. Um, but then he kind of just was, I don't know. I, I engaged with him for a while last night and just got goofy and weird. And um, I can't even find where I started replying. It was going off the rails. Not off the rails, just in circles. Um, but like he kept saying that like I was proving his point, but I'm like, I don't know what you're like. You're not really making a point. And so that's what I was saying earlier. Like <laughs> you, you try to talk to these people and I just don't think they can wrap their head around this stuff. Like, yeah, I really, I really don't know what his point was. Because that's why I kept saying, I'm like, you're. Let's say you spend all the money you earn. You're not going to have any savings. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, it's not really contributing anything. You're not, you're not making a point about get on zero because you're not reflecting reality. And you're not comparing it to anything useful. Like Let's say you don't use Bitcoin as a media. <laughs> this, this is this kind of stupid. What off the top? It's like, it's like let's say you're saving all your money in Bitcoin, and then Bitcoin goes to zero. See, told you that's a bad idea. It's right. Like, it's like, well, okay, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it goes to zero and never rises ever again. It's zero. There's zero demand for it. Don't save. See, don't be retarded and save in Bitcoin. Like, that's not helpful at all. Right. Um, also, we talk about this a lot, a lot of times before, as the price is going down, okay, say Bitcoin's at $40,000 and I earn a paycheck and then my expenses are due at some point in the future and the price drops down to $38,000. And so I got to pay that expense price of Bitcoin's dropped. So my, you know, in, in dollar terms, I'm losing, or I'm losing Bitcoin in that situation. But if the price continues to drop, it drops down to $36,000, then I'm buying Bitcoin even cheaper than where I sold it at. And as long as you're just not the, the most unlucky person in the world where the price is always high when it's when you're buying and then get low when you're selling. Yeah. And we're talking about like long term trends here. And that over time, you know, your Bitcoin's going to appreciate in value. And yeah, like get on zero, it's there's some merit to it. Um, you know, it won't impoverish you. It won't bankrupt you while the price is going down. I think we've proved that pretty well when the price went from $65,000 down to like $16,000. But really the benefit's going to be, you're really going to see it 
is when the price starts going up mm-hmm. uh, and it went because from 15 to 40. Right. I mean, there's going to be, and, and then when it's really going to hit you, like no one knows when these, when these price swings are going to happen. And that's the thing. There are going to be a, a lot of people who think they need to hold fiat or are waiting for that, that price that they're just going to miss it. And they're going to be stuck with dollars. Whereas those of us that are on zero, I mean, we already, we're already all in. And mm-hmm. every time we get paid, we are preparing for that price to swing up because we're already all in because whatever the price is now, 40 something thousand dollars, 42, 41. Um, if Bitcoin 10 X is or something, whether we got in at 41, 42, 43, 39, whatever it's, <laughs> we're not going to care. Mm. It's not really making a difference. But we're going to be we're going to be in already and we're going to be able to, you know, gain that price appreciation on all of our wealth. And there's going to be there's going to be things where and we've talked about this before, where. You know, your your pay, your first paycheck. Is going to pay for three to six months worth of worth of expenses because of the appreciation of Bitcoin. Yeah, I really think you want to catch catch that when it happens. So what's really kind of interesting um, is that I actually ran my own numbers today. I keep a spreadsheet of every time I buy Bitcoin and every time I sell it. Most of it's for tracking capital gains and stuff. Um, But also just kind of seeing tracking my performance, seeing how much Bitcoin I'm accumulating by doing this strategy. And so I wanted to compare it to the other way, the other things, uh, the other way people do it. We were talking about before where um, you hold fiat um, in order to pay off all your expenses. So you don't have to either go into debt or sell your Bitcoin. And so I did that for the amount of time I've been on zero. Although I had to knock off the first couple months because the strategy I was doing back then was like, I didn't sell Bitcoin. Um, I just held the debt, the fiat debt for a little bit. And then, you know, when the next month hit, I uh, I didn't buy Bitcoin until I paid off that debt. Mm-hmm. So I don't have numbers to be able to do this, although I can go <coughs> back and kind of simulate it, which maybe I'll do a little bit later on. But um, I have the last 23 months I realize I've been basically doing the same strategy I've been doing now. So I ran the numbers on that and was able to compare the performance of delaying to buy Bitcoin um, until after I paid off expenses for the month uh, versus what I'm doing now. And get on zero, outperformed it. So what I did was I said, okay, for each month, I had usually two paychecks. And then at the end of the month, and sometimes other times during the month, I would sell Bitcoin to pay pay the monthly expenses. Maybe it went into the next month because I got out of the HELOC so I can float that around a little bit. Um, so what I did was 
um, I would, for the purposes of the model, I would buy, say I was buying Bitcoin when I sold Bit, when I actually sold Bitcoin. That's the price I was using, the time I was using. Because you have to pick a time when you would actually like say, all right, well, this is when I would have bought Bitcoin. That's when I'm clearing my month's expenses. One way or the other, if I wait to buy Bitcoin and pay it with all fiat without going into Bitcoin first, that's when I'm clearing those expenses. And and but it's the same same day as when I'm selling Bitcoin to pay off those expenses. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I picked picked the prices of Bitcoin for when I was buying. I mean. Mm-hmm. Someone can needle me on that, but that's what I picked. That was the least kind of arbitrary uh, that I could do. You could pick the highest price for the month or the lowest price, the average price, whatever you want. You know, run your run your model how you want to run it, but just let people know how you run your model. So, you know, like just pick the most favorable thing and then call it. But uh, what really surprised me was that the price of um or not the price of Bitcoin, the um the performance while the the price was dropping because like the first half of that time that i modeled was pretty much when the price of bitcoin was dropping and then around halfway through it started coming back up again and it pretty much tracked um each other there really wasn't that much of a difference and at the end of it um and and there was i think what was it uh 17 out of the 23 months that i ran this for uh the get on zero strategy um i had more bitcoin accumulated than doing the other thing but the thing is about this model is it's assuming that I have perfect knowledge of my income and my expenses into the future. Um, because what I did was because there were some months where actually my I was negative with my cash flows. Uh, because, you know, there's things like uh, home insurance bill I have to pay. Like th- there's some things that, you know, I know I have a monthly mortgage. Um, I have certain <coughs> other monthly expenses and everything. You know that you're consistently going to have some amount of money you're going to spend each month. But then there's also things like um, home insurance bills due once a year. Uh, property taxes are due once a year. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, just expenses that only come up once a year. Unexpected things come up. Um, and so there were some months where I was negative, and sometimes several months in a row. Now I'm happy to report that you know overall, over the course of this 23 month period, I was a net saver. And based on and 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 um, it's like. Actually, twenty five percent net savings on my on my net take home income. So I think that's probably pretty decent. I guess I don't know. Um. So in order to run this model, 
And this is like being super conservative as far as comparing it to get on zero and not trying to like play around with. So, so this is as good as you could possibly do by employing the other strategy, because there were several months where if I have negative, uh, cash flows, I would have to hold on to some fiat to get me through those months to not have to sell any Bitcoin or go in debt. So again, that's with perfect knowledge mm -hmm. because I'm looking back now, I have all the, all of the data in front of me that I can say, okay, well, this is how, this is the optimal thing, how much fiat I got to hold over to have to when I am um, have a positive overall cash flow over these certain months that I don't have to save, hold on to any fiat for that month. So if you were to get a little bit more conservative with your fiat holdings and doing this in reality, there's no way you're going to be able to manage that that perfectly. You have to have some sort of buffer. And so mm -hmm. I put in a couple more columns and be like, okay, each month I'm only putting 90% of of the fiat and the bitcoin so i have a buffer and even that probably wouldn't work that great but all of a sudden when you put that only converting 90 percent in then it starts pushing pushing the uh pushing it in the other direction a little bit more that that get on zero becomes way more optimal hmm. um so it was like, it really, it, it, for all intents and purposes over this 20, 23 month period, actually, I should just send you, um, let me pull it up so you can actually look at it. Yeah, I'll take a look. I have the chart. I plotted it out and I, um, and I'll put this on the show notes page. Copy image. Sending it to the Skype chat. I chopped off the left axis that shows the amount of Bitcoin. So I have the price of Bitcoin plotted here. It's on the right axis. Mm -hmm. um, the red line is if I waited until all my expenses cleared. Uh, to be able to buy Bitcoin and the gray line is the get on zero accumulation of Bitcoin. Um, you can see that where it goes horizontal for a while. Yep. Those are the periods where I was had net expenses uh, for those months or, or uh, sorry, uh, negative cash flows. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, is like I, you know, obviously I could plan that out a little bit and you, you can plan out your, your expenses. I know when my, when my home insurance is going to be due, um, and this other stuff, but, but even still, that means you just got to hold on to, to more and more fiat at certain points and add that buffer. So as you can see at the end of it, it's like really neck and neck, get on zero, right just barely edges it out. Um, but man, I, I, I was actually pretty surprised. I'm actually kind of surprised at the end that I, I would have thought the get on zero would have done a little bit better. 
Um, but the really surprising thing was how closely it tracked when the, the price way. was going down. Yeah. The whole way. Including when the when the price really dropped. Yeah. It's right there. It was it was just no difference. Virtually no difference. And it's higher more often than lower. I don't know that that proves by that. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, but by by off it was seventeen out of twenty three times I had yeah. more Bitcoin than I would have in the other way. And and again, that's assuming the perfect knowledge of what's going on. If I was if I had to keep a buffer, then that red line is going to just start going lower. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go up as fast. It's going to consistently have to drop down a little bit. Um, and then, man, I'm just really anxious to see what a bull market's going to look like. Because it, it, once it hits a certain point, you're you're basically not selling any of your Bitcoin that you're earning. Like you're, all the sales are can, can technically be on Bitcoin that was bought at that much lower price. So all of your income you're getting is savings at a certain point. And that's pretty neat. Like I said about it in, in the, or a little bit earlier that, you know, your first pay first paycheck or two is going to cover, you know, three to six months of your of your annual or annual expenses. Mm-hmm. That means that three to six months of your paychecks minus one or two is all savings. As the price keeps appreciating, that just keeps compounding. That's wild. And so do you do you want to be in a position where you're holding back for that? That you hold on to some fiat for some fiat expenses because you're worried about, you know, being pure about being able to say, well, I've never sold Bitcoin before. Okay, congratulations. And then you have less Bitcoin because of it. Um Obviously, there's some virtue signaling <laughs> with what we're doing because we're saying, like, if you're not, you're not bullish if you're not on zero. Um, yeah. And but there's, like, sure. bad virtue signaling versus good virtue signaling. I think but, we're doing good virtue signaling. And I don't – I don't know. I, I certainly wouldn't feel the need to go out and trash someone who just buys some Bitcoin here and there and be like, you know, you're a retard. Right. <laughs> well, I don't. Yeah. And that's the thing. You know like, what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, talking, I just don't... I'm talking at work or normies day to day stuff yeah. and someone goes, oh, that Bitcoin. Like, oh, you're into Bitcoin. I go, yeah. And they go, oh, man, that's that's not really for me. I said, oh, it's like I'm positive to those people it's like oh it's really not that bad it's i'm sure you could pick up on it better than you think and they say yeah whatever and we go okay yeah fight them on it right now if they say bitcoin's stupid i'll defend bitcoin and i'll like i i like talking about it. I'll, arg I'll argue for it but just because someone isn't doing my strategy um doesn't mean i'm gonna give them a hard time now depending on the person i might you know Razzle a little bit, 
especially if they virtue signal that they are such bullish people and love Bitcoin so much. It's like, well, why I hold them on the fiat? Um, so I could probably go back. The other thing that I should say about this model is that um, there's certain like this doesn't cover every single expense and every single bit of income because not everything flows through you know Cash App and Strike and and the direct deposits. That that's what I'm tracking. And then there's sometimes I will spend. Bitcoin directly. Um, usually not a super huge amount, but you know, it's there. But, um, so the, there's that. And, and, and maybe that's just a little bit of noise and, but, but I don't, I don't think it's really going to affect the, the model all that much. No. Um, and anyone can do this. I mean, if you reasonably, I mean, we have all of the historical data for Bitcoin price prices. I don't know how good of a record you keep. Um, you can figure out what your income per month and your expenses are per month, what you spend, your inflows and your outflows, or whatever period you want to do and compare the strategies okay i got paid on this on these dates if i bought bitcoin here you know what would it amount to and if i you know once or twice a month had to sell bitcoin and i sold it at these dates then um what would that be and just see or just make up numbers um something now Put, to put like just send out the spreadsheet and put real put numbers to it mm-hmm. um not my numbers maybe i'll just maybe it will be uh percentages of what mine are but i'll just say like hey if you if your net income was fifty thousand dollars a year or something this is what um This is the same, relatively speaking, to, to what my stuff was. So you can see it. Um, it's interesting, though. I like playing around with numbers like this. I like seeing that. I like, <laughs> I like being in Excel. I'm a, I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, no arguments here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think. Uh, they computered out. We're already going an hour. We made it an hour. Another show we didn't really know what we were talking about until we started recording. Well, I mean, there's not really any need to even bring that up anymore because it's just obvious. Yeah. I do want to bring up one thing before we cut it, and we do need to cut it because I still have work. I got to get done and I'm traveling tomorrow. But um, we got called out on Twitter for our episode last week, not mentioning someone. And, you know, that's one of the things when you most people, when they start a podcast without having a topic, there's no research. Maybe they miss things. But we didn't miss that. We knew of this 
character who was a pop star in the 90s. We just didn't think he was that big. Oh, you're talking about that. Um, yeah. See, lesser people might forget things, seemingly obvious things, when they don't prepare for an episode. But we just don't, we're not built that way. Right. Also, um, <laughs> you have to, you never know who's listening because there's apparently <laughs> people that are listening that you mention them during your show and then they send you a DM. Um, <laughs> which, which may or may not have been coincidental. But yeah. I don't know. That's but true. But it's funny. But then again, we don't we never say anything bad about people that we like. So. You never say uh, anything bad about anybody. No. I didn't really say much bad about this guy whose Twitter thread we were reading. No. I guess I called him stupid. But is, that, um, is telling the truth mean? No, I mean, it's, but it's, it. I just didn't understand the motivation. That was my thing. Because he doesn't know what he's talking about because he thinks he can put together some math that he doesn't even understand, even though it's like seemingly simple arithmetic and doesn't actually make a point. I mean, it's like, it's just, it's cockiness, it's arrogance. And he's, and he's, and I think that's I think that arrogance is it's making him look he's probably not as dumb as he appeared to be here. Hmm. I would think. Yeah, I would. But I it's, would, mo- it's just more think. like you just assume because it's because you're you're shorthand shorthanding through everything, taking shortcuts and because your favorite podcasters or something and people on Twitter that you like say the get on zero is stupid and your lack of understanding about what get on zero is, is you think it's stupid that you just dismiss these people. And so I just throw together some simple math and, and prove these people wrong without even having to think about it. Um, that's the other goofy thing he was saying was that, Cause he was because he was starting to question me on stuff like, well, it was weird, like saying that, well, if you have to sell your Bitcoin at the end of every month, that's when everyone's selling Bitcoin. So it's always going to be the lowest price at the end of the month and the end of the year. So you're just hurting yourself there. I'm like, ah, I don't believe that's like, that's just kind of goofy. Why would know, that be the case? I don't know. He kept saying like small cap liquidity or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, he goes, well, how do you? It's like, what do you do? Just all your expenses happen all at the same time at the end of the month? I'm like, no, dude, it's a, called a credit card. And he goes, oh, you're so you're not actually a Bitcoin maximalist. You're a fiat debt maximalist. Yeah. And um, suppose. Yeah. Well, he said that like that's actually. By taking on debt, I'm helping the fiat system. Which I don't understand that. Like, the fiat system is a vampire system. And 
it sucks the, the lifeblood out of its host. And yes, it's the debt-based system is what gives the state its power through being able to print money. But the, the faster those printing presses go, the worse it gets for them. So if we were to, you know, if the population and all the people started being net savers in fiat and never took out loans and everything, that would like extend the life of the state. They might not be able to like do as much stuff in the immediate future if they're, oh, that's not even true necessarily. Like that would strengthen the dollar if they were printing less money. Mm-hmm. And it would make people it would. want, it would, it would make a lot of, stay in yeah. right. And it would, especially like international stuff, make people take more debt or, or accept more debt in dollars from U.S. interests. So really what we want to do, and, and if you're not comfortable with debt, that's fine. Like, I'm not saying you have to take on debt. There's some risk associated with it. So you got to be careful. You got to be very careful with it. Um, but this idea that we should not be kind of accelerating um, you know, the, the demise of the dollar, oh, it's kind of goofy to me. Mm-hmm. And then the idea that using Bitcoin as money doesn't help adoption was another goofy one. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, you can find that through. I'm not going to link to it in Sean's page, but um, I'll try to I'll throw up that link or a uh, the, the the chart I was talking about. For the tracking, but. um. Yeah, before I keep rambling on about nothingness, it's kind of tough talking about this sometimes. Talking about numbers like that without having explicit things in front of you and for the audience to listen to. So if that was really difficult to follow, more so than usual, apologies, but it is what it is. Maybe we'll figure out better ways to present this information sometime. I should probably put together a little article for this chart and explain a little bit and put visualizations up. So I think it's useful to show, but that's all I got. Uh, So thanks for listening and we will catch you next week. Peace.